All right, let's lock and load. We are unpacking numbers 25 through 32 of the 41 lessons. So we're hitting the home stretch here. And number one, or number 25, if you will, is a tactical one. And the tactical one is I'm going to tell you all about my experience with the sweepstakes. And the sweepstakes is by far the best marketing program that I've ever run in my gym. And it's by far the best thing I've ever taught. And it's by far the best thing any of my clients have ever done. It is a gift that keeps on giving. And really, before I tell you what it is, just I want you to know that next week, um, I'll be doing a webinar unpacking the sweepstakes. So if you really want me to get down and dirty and teach you all the tricks of running this thing, and the the reason why I'm doing it now is because I think it's a great time for gyms to do it. Um, so here it is. The sweepstakes is very much what it sounds like. It's a giveaway. So you get like a, you can buy a lottery ticket and you buy a ticket and then you you know potentially can win something. And the sweepstakes sweepstakes follows that formula, but the way I've run it and the way I teach it is you essentially give away. You come up with a kitchen sink membership, like something like eight weeks of personal training, and give them everything you got. And then you market the hell out of it and you get people to fill out an application. And they fill out the application and then you go through the applications and you select four people. And when you're thinking about the four people, you're selecting the four people that you think will be great stories to deliver to your community. So for example, if you were to follow these people for eight weeks and talk about what they overcame and talk about what they ate and talk about all the different things that they had to do to win. And that story would be inspiring to other people. Man, that's a good pick. So you pick four people and you follow along and then you have all kinds of content that you can use in your marketing. And, um, but you know, the big story was when I did it with a woman named Kathy Balsamo many years ago. And she literally set our community on fire. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. We were the talk of the town. Everybody was talking about us and Kathy. And it was because Kathy had such a cool, inspiring story. And I've done this, and many of the Mastermind members that have done this have had very similar results to what happened with Kathy. Now, Kathy, we took it another level. She wrote a book about the whole thing. Um, she was on the Dr. Oz show. She was on an Oprah magazine. She was on Women's Show. She was like all over the place. And it was all from this sweepstakes. And not only did the sweepstakes work well from a perspective of it got our name out there and got us everyone talking about us, but what it did was all of the people that applied were very interested in doing something. So they didn't win, but hey, they could still come in and try us out and do a trial. And so the marketing from their stuff. So it's the most lucrative strategy that I've ever used. And I have run it many, many times. It still works really, really well. And I'll be teaching it 
Uh, so that's a little call to action in the middle of all this. Call to action. So to stay tuned for that. You'll want to tune into that and you want to watch that one. So that is number 25 is run the sweepstakes. Number 26. Number 26 is focus on becoming famous locally. Focus on becoming famous locally. I feel like there's this disease in the fitness industry where everybody wants to be in men's health. I'm not saying it's bad to be in men's health. And I think it's a good thing to be in men's health. Meaning I think that, you know, you saying as seen on Fox News, as seen in men's health, that's fine. That's great. That's good credibility builder. That's good authority play. But if you really want to make a splash, right, you become famous in your very small knit community. You, instead of speaking at the NSCAA conference, you speak at the local chamber of commerce where no one in the NSCA conference is going to become a client at your gym in Minnesota. Right? Nobody. And I just, the Minnesota's on my mind because I just talked to one of our clients who has a gym in Minnesota. And they're not. But if that same gym owner in Minnesota runs a local small workshop with 30 people and has all 30 people qualified to train at his gym and he sells 15 of them into a trial and closes eight. Well, it's a better use of your local fame being in the men's health article that hardly anyone saw or getting in. And I think that there's not as much glamour in the being famous locally, but man, oh man, the impact that it will have. So it's kind of how I started. I started by being famous locally. I was the guy in the truck training kids on fields and training the high school football teams and I became known for that. And I became famous locally from that and that helped my business tremendously. Tremendously. So I again the, the men's health stuff is great. But what do you need to do to improve your status as an authority figure on a local level? That is really what's going to drive your business. That is going to drive – because essentially why do you want to be an authority figure? You want to be an authority figure so you can grow your business, you can charge higher prices and, and, and have a more successful business. That's why you want to be an authority figure, hopefully. Like, or you just want to – you know you know, build your ego. That's, that could be part of it too. But man, I'd love to see you grow your business and drop, drive that to your bottom line. So focus on becoming famous locally. Number 27. Oh man. Build and keep a cash cushion. Build and keep a cash cushion. On the phone with Mike Waldron, our CFO, who is the CFO for many gym owners all around the country. One of the smartest guys I know. And I talking to Mike and he's like, you know, all the people that are like going crazy right now, they're the ones that just don't have a lot of cash. And, you know, the guys that have a big cash balance, the guys that have like a good like cushion of cash, they're like, they're concerned, but they're not like panicking on the phone. 
they're able to slow down and they're able to think and they're able to make good decisions and they're not getting as emotional as the guys that got nothing. As the guy that spent all his money on motorcycles and cars and houses and big, big, big elaborate vacations. Your your cash balance matters. And COVID-19 should have should be the thing that tells you that that you should not ever ever not have a solid sound cash balance and if there's things you need to sacrifice in your life in order to make that happen then you should do that because there's a layer of security you you run out of cash you go out of business it's oxygen it's king it's and, and and here's the thing too. One of the problems is why people don't have a cash cushion is people don't understand the difference between revenue, profit, and and cash flow. So your revenue is is how much cash, how much money your business makes. Okay, your profit is how much is left over after expenses. Now you might do twenty thousand in revenue. And have expenses of ten thousand, and yeah, you get ten thousand in profit. But that's not ten thousand in cash flow, because out of that ten thousand, some of it's got to go to taxes, some of it's got to go to debt repayment, and some of it's got to go to you, owner draw. Well, that will all impact the cash. And so, a lot of times, people are like, "I'm making all this money, but I don't see my cash growing. I don't see the bank account going. It's just kind of like." stabilizing and I feel like I'm kind of spinning my wheels. Well, yeah, you're not paying attention to your cash flow. You're not looking and you're not maybe putting away money for taxes. You're not maybe, you know, um, maybe you're paying yourself too much. Maybe you're taking too much money out of the business. I've been guilty of that myself. Maybe you got too much debt. Maybe you got stupid credit cards piling up. But the reality is Build and keep a cash cushion. Cash is oxygen for your business. There's, there's, if you want to run your business stressed out, have no money in the bank. And sometimes you just need to build a layer of financial discipline. And if COVID-19 didn't give it to you, nothing will. I'll tell you that right now. COVID-19 didn't give you the urgency to grow your cash balance and to be more secure with your cash and how much cash you have on hand and a rainy day fund and all that stuff, man, it's never going to work out for you. So you got to really be focused, really be focused. After this pandemic, you got to push the envelope, grow cash, sacrifice things in your life. Maybe you need to adjust your payroll. Maybe you need to raise your prices. Whatever you need to do, you need to grow your cash cushion. Okay, number 28. Number 28, another financial one here. Find out how much money you should be saving. Now, hopefully some of the money you're saving is going towards a cash cushion, right? But some of you might have a cash cushion already. And how much would you be saving? Now, here's, here's the thing. I am not a financial advisor. And I'm not telling you to do with 
telling you what to do with your money. I'm only saying to find out this number. Several years ago, I sat down with my brother-in-law and we were doing financial planning. And we were really just, you know, doing to make sure that things were on track and stuff like that. But basically what we came up with was I told him what I wanted. I told him like how much, you know, money I wanted to have at the end of my life to be able to give to my family. I told him I wanted to be able to put my three kids to college. I told him the kind of life I wanted to live. And, you know, he basically estimated how much that would cost, all that stuff. And there's this whole big formula. It's like a big deal. Big computers. Big, big Excel spreadsheets. Shit like that I don't understand. But he's like, do it all. And like, literally, I see the numbers and the numbers at the top are my age. And I'm like, all right, I was like 30-something at the time. But like now I'm looking at like when you're 70, when you're 80, when you're 90. And he's like, how long do you think you're going to live? I said, ah, 100. Put 100. <laughs> and um, it's like, okay. If you want to be able to have plenty of money when you die to leave to your family, if you want to be able to have this kind of life, lifestyle throughout your entire life, if you want to be able to donate and give this much money throughout your life, um, this is how much money you need to save every month. Starting today. And I started to cry. And I like, I didn't know why I started to cry because I was just like, I, I, at the time of like having, you know, three really, really young kids. I was just like, man, I don't like, I don't know what the hell is going to, how am I going to do all this? And you, it's like, you think about this, this, big ocean that you're going into in life right there's this big ocean that you're living and you you kind of like don't know if you're on track or not at least that that was maybe and maybe that doesn't bother you maybe you're okay with not knowing but for me that it, it was bothersome to know like was i on track was i going to be able to put my kids through college and the good news was i was and um the reality was he said if you just save this much money every month you're gonna die a rich man and that number was like one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. And it's like, all right. It's like, I could do that. And I'll just do it every month and I'll just like do it, you know. And I won't even see the money come out and I'll just like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And, you know, it's almost like you don't have to worry about money. It's a really, really powerful thing. So I advise you to maybe get with a financial advisor. It could take you through something like this. But knowing that number, what should be now you should be saving something, whether you're saving the amount. And again, here's the thing. My first few years in business, I wasn't saving shit. I was buying houses. I was like, you know, buying houses I probably couldn't afford and, you know, going on vacations I couldn't afford and, you know, because I wasn't saving anyway. But I learned the hard way. If I had to go back and rewind, I wouldn't have gone on those stupid vacations. And I would have... You know, I would have I would have saved more money so I can do I could have done better things later in life. But man, what a powerful to talk to a financial advisor. Ask him to help you out. How much should I be saving right now? If this is kind of what I want to live with, it was a it was a powerful thing. Number twenty nine. Number twenty nine is use vision stories. Use vision stories. And 
I learned this from a guy named Ari Weinswig. I just started my car because I tried to not have the motor running, but I'm like so freaking hot in my car. I'm sitting in my car right now and I'm like blazing sweat. So I got to like turn the air on. <laughs> it's hot today. Uh, so vision source. So Ari Weinswig is the founder of Zingerman's Deli. And it's one of the most successful businesses on the planet. And Ari taught me this skill. And the skill is called visioning or vision stories. And you've heard of vision statements. And really, really quickly, like a vision is knowing, you know, where you're going. So, for example, like the vision is you are getting in your car and you're driving to work. Like the vision is you arriving at work. That's the vision. So it's it's understanding where where you're going. It's not why your company exists. It's a picture of where you're trying to be, get to, where you're trying to go. And a lot of times you, you would create these statements and I kind of worked with, when I worked with Goldman Sachs, that we would spend a lot of time on a vision statement and it never really resonated with me. It never really resonated. It was always like, I don't really know, like, you know, it's to say, but then what Ari taught me is something called the vision story where you're really just right and write and write and write and you write in the present tense. So for example, like let's say you want to write a vision for what your life looks like in five years. Well, you would say it's June 18th, 2025. I'm sitting on my front porch right now with a beautiful cup of coffee and life is good. And then you go on to say what life is like. And you write this story five years, 10 years, whatever it is in the future. And the amount of emotion that comes through you when you write like this is something that will never be picked up in a statement. And I will tell you this too, when you get someone else, because here's the thing, part of a vision being accomplished is all about getting the people on your team to buy into that vision and to follow you with it. And is some cheesy statement going to do that? Probably not. I guess it could, but probably not. But when you have people read this story, and I we did this with my uh, recently with my Cash and Clarity workshop, where I had everyone write this story, and it's like literally people are like tearing up, like emotions are like going crazy because they realize they can write just such a great future for themselves. But the amount of emotion that comes out. So if you really want to know where you're going and you really need to do that. Tom Plummer has a line that he always says and he always told me this. If you don't know where you're going, no one can help you. So if you're going to do one thing from all this, man, sit down and write it out. Where do you want to go? Where are you taking all this thing? What do you want from this gym that you're running? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to be doing the exact same thing you're doing now? Maybe you want to do what I'm doing. A lot of people say that to me, but a lot of people aren't willing to do the hard work and record three hours of podcasts on their birthdays, but that's neither here nor there. You got to know what you want. And if you want to pick up a book that will tell you how to do the vision story, pick up volume three of the Zingerman's business books called Managing Ourselves. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So tip of the cap. Ari, who's actually going to be speaking at our mastermind coming up. Oh, man, I just spilled the beans. I didn't even announce it to the mastermind. So if my mastermind guys listen to this, I just spilled the beans. Son of a gun. That was number 29. Number 30. 
leverage nine word emails. Nine word email something was invented by a marketer named Dean Jackson, who's super smart. And um, nine word emails, all they are designed to do is drive a response. Right? And a lot of times people screw these up and they turn nine word emails into 24 word emails. And it's it, it, if you want to be a true and what, what it can do and, and it's sample nine word email is like, you know, hey, John, are you still interested in hiring a personal trainer? Question mark. Vince, that's it. And you just write something out like that. And man, you will think and, and you do it plain text right no no stupid banners and no things like that just plain text like you got an email from your mom the the the, the more the better i get an email the, the more it looks like an email that i'm sending to my mom the subject from the subject line to what it looks like in there it just looks like an email to my mom and that's what you should be doing too because people want to communicate with a person so Leverage those nine word emails. And I have a, I think I have a bunch of stuff on my podcast about this. I've done these before. Um, go to vincegabriel.com and you can get the blog. Um, there's blog posts about these things, but there's so many different variations of these emails. But it really is one of the most powerful marketing tools that you can own. It really is. Like I think of all the, all the things that, um, that I could teach you about marketing if you understand how to write good nine word emails and to vary it and and to really know how to respond to people you're going to make a lot of money a lot of money so that is number 30 number 31 know where you're weak know where you're weak and a lot of times um you this was a line from Dan Sullivan. The, the and this is he's talking about the man that spends a lifetime working on his weaknesses. Spent all this time working on my weaknesses, and at the end, I just have some really strong weaknesses. So I I, I do not have a good grasp of technology. The amount of this is the amount of technology that I use. I literally record this on my phone. And I send it directly to Megan and she does everything else. I have absolutely zero to do with sending these emails out, with putting it on the podcast. I never, I don't even know how to log into the podcast thing. I don't even know where it is. I just get them to send me the data. But it's just, so my, my level of tech knowledge is really weak. But, but I'm not like going to, trying to kill myself to learn all this stuff. I'd rather just spend my time on my strengths and grow my strengths. But what I've done is I've surrounded myself with people that are strong in my weak points. So for example, I went into business recently with a kid I call the tech nerd. And I now have a essentially a, a software company called Nurture Ninja. That's, that's a software that helps... Um, it's a software that helps business owners um, with their follow-up process and creating a membership site and courses and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's amazing. But I would have never been able to create that on my own. Ever. Not even close. And I think it's important to know your weaknesses and to know where do you need to leverage relationships. 
Where do you need to leverage other aspects of things in your life that you're not good at, but you know you need help with? And you know it's important. Now, I will say this. There, there are guys in my mastermind that they ask questions about certain tech things in Facebook. If I was the only one in the mastermind, I, mean, I, would, I would be like, I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, I don't really care. I don't want to really even find out. But here's my resident tech nerd, and he can tell you all that stuff way better than I ever could. So you you got to know your weaknesses and you got to find relationships that fulfill the void that you have. Number 32. Number 32. Get out and be active in your community. You are a local business and I'm sick of the bullshit from these Facebook guys that are saying you don't need to go to these stupid 5Ks and you don't need to go to this and that. I just run them ads on Facebook and everything we good. I call BS. I call you've never run a business. I call you're an internet troll. I, I Going to a local 5K and shaking hands with the mayor and shaking hands with other business owners that you can create joint ventures with and seeing your clients out there running and wearing your t-shirts and it's man, it is it is unbelievable value to a business. Unbelievable value to a business. Now, me personally, I'd spent the first eight years of my business going to every one of them. I went to one every weekend. Went to football games, this and that. Just I was everywhere. And I, now I like to spend time with my family on the weekend, so I don't do it anymore. So I have my team do it. But the reality is. You being active in your community, you sponsoring, you know, the local PTAs and these hokey town fairs and sponsoring the marching band. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a difference between asking them for you to pay $100 to be in the program. Be smart with how you're spending your money, even in the community stuff. So I would never, when they come to me and they want me to sponsor something, I always say no but I say, here's what I am willing to do. And they always will be like, yeah, that's fine. I'd love to do that. That's actually better. And so I'll say something like, well, instead of actually having my name in the program listed on the back of the shirt, uh, what if I could just give you a donation of X and I could send three emails to your list um, you know, with, a, with a valuable piece of information that you're, you know, please, and they can download it in the brand. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's great. So be active in your community, but do it on your terms. Do it on your terms and don't kind of give in to the local because what they try and do with the local community stuff is they try and treat you like a big, big branding business. And they they say, oh, it's five thousand dollars to have your name on all the shirts and have your name in really, you know. It's five thousand dollars and your name is in 72 font. And if you only want your name in five font it's it's 45 dollars, and it's just it's total hogwash but the reality is got to be active in your community you got to participate in this stuff do it on your terms do it in your terms and I, I can't man i can't think of something that more valuable for you to be an active member uh of your community huge value so that is numbers 25 to 32 so we're almost done here we got one more to do and um, I'll be back with the final ones, number 33 to 41. I think we'll do a bigger one on that one. But um, hopefully you got some value on this one, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.